Hey there, Mace here. You're listening to Picking Up Something Good, a limited event prestige podcast about Radiohead from Noise Face and Neodetritus. Unfortunately, because of some illness things and some schedule things, we aren't able to get the Amnesiac episode out to you in time this week. Uh, we're really bummed about it. It sucks. But hey, we'll have it next week, which we're really excited about. It's going to be a cool one. Uh, Nikki and I, in the meantime, decided that we couldn't go a week without any content, so I figured I'd head out over here and uh, record a bonus episode for everybody. Uh, it is a nice September day. I am here in the middle of Pasadena in Memorial Park. Uh, I'm staring at a, you know, tall-ass church. There's a cross on top, so I assume that's what that is in the distance. Uh, there are some mountains on my right, uh, and there is a band shell behind me, just to set the stage in your mind. Today we're going to be reading uh, Pitchfork's Kid A Review by Brent DiCrescenzo. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with that, the URL is https colon slash slash pitchfork.com slash reviews slash albums slash 6656-kid-a. All right, let's get started. This is going to be a fun one. I had never even seen a shooting star before. 25 years of rotations, passes through comets' paths and travel, and to my memory I had never witnessed burning debris scratch across the night sky. Radiohead were hunched over their instruments. Tom York slowly beat on a grand piano, singing, eyes closed, into his microphone like he was trying to kiss around a big nose. Colin Greenwood tapped patiently on a double bass, waiting for his cue. White pearls of arena light swam over their faces. A lazy disco light spilled artificial constellations inside the aluminum cove of the makeshift stage. The metal skeleton of the stage ate one end of Florence's Piazza Santa Croce on the steps of the Santa Croce Cathedral. Michelangelo's bones and cobblestone laid beneath. I stared entranced, soaking in Radiohead's new material, chiseling each sound into the best functioning parts of my brain, which would be the only sound system for the material for months. The butterscotch lamps along the walls of the tight city square led upward into the cobalt sky, which seemed as strikingly artificial and as perfect as a wizard's cap. The staccato piano chords ascended repeatedly. Black-eyed angels swam at me, Dwork sang like his dying words. There was nothing to fear, nothing to hide. The trained critical part of me marked the similarity to Coltrane's Olay. The human part of me wept in awe. The Italians surrounding me held their breath in communion, save for the drunken few shouting, Creep. Suddenly, a rise of whistles and orgasmic cries swept unfittingly through the crowd. The song, the Egyptian song, was certainly momentous, but wasn't the response more, more apt for, well, Creep? I looked up. I thought it was fireworks. A teardrop of fire shot from space and disappeared behind the church where the Syrupy River Arno crawled. Radiohead had the heavens on their side. For further testament, Chipchenko and I both suffered auto-debilitating accidents in the same week in different parts of the country while blasting airbag in our respective Japanese imports. For months, I feared playing the song about car crashes in my car, just as I'd feared passing 18-wheelers after nearly being crushed by one in 1990. With good reason, I suspect Radiohead to possess incomprehensible powers. The evidence is only compounded with Kid A, a rubber match in their band's legacy, an album which completely obliterates how albums and Radiohead themselves would be considered. Even the heralded OK Computer has been nudged down one spot in Valhalla. Kid A makes rock and roll childish. Considerations on its merits as quote-unquote rock, i.e. its radio fodder potential, its guitar riffs, and its hooks, are pointless. Comparing this to other albums is like comparing an aquarium to blue construction paper. 
and not because it's jazz or fusion or ambient or electronic, classifications don't come to mind once deep inside this expansive hypnotic world. Ransom, the philologist hero of C.S. Lewis out of the silent planet, who was kidnapped and taken to another planet, initially finds his scholarship useless in his new surroundings and just tries to survive this beautiful new world. This is an emotional, psychological experience. Kid A sounds like a clouded brain trying to recall an alien abduction. It's the sound of a band and its leader losing faith in themselves, destroying themselves, and subsequently rebuilding a perfect entity. In other words, Radiohead hated being Radiohead, but ended up with the most ideal, natural Radiohead record yet. Everything in its right place opens like close-encounter spaceships communicating with pipe organs. As your ear deci ears decide whether the tones are coming or going, Tom York's quizzenarded voice struggles for its tongue. Everything, York belts in, in uplifting size. The first-person mantra of there are two colors in my head is repeated until the line between York's mind and the listener's mind is erased. Skittering toy boxes open the album's title song, which, like the track Idiotech, shows a heavy Warp Records influence. The vocoder lullaby rules you deceivingly before the riotous national anthem. Mean, fuzzy bass shapes the spine as unnerving theremin choirs limb. Brash, ba brace, <laughs> brash brass bursts from above like Terry Gilliam's animated foot. The horn swarms as York screams, begs, turn it off. It's the album's shrill peak, but just one of the incessant goosebumps razors. After the rocket's exhaust, Radiohead float in their lone orbit. How to Disappear Completely boils let down and karma police to their spectral essence. The string-laden ballad comes closest to bridging York's lyrical sentiment to the instrumental effect. I float down the liffy. I'm not here. This isn't happening, he sings in his trademark falsetto. The strings melt and weep as the album shifts into his underwater mode. Tree Fingers, an ambient soundscape similar in sound and intent to side B of Boney and Eno's Low, calms the record's emotionally strenuous first half. The primal, brooding guitar attack of Optimistic stomps like maiden tyrannosaurs. The lyrics seemingly taunt, try the best you can, try the best you can, before revealing the more resigned sentiment, the best you can is good enough. For an album reportedly quote-unquote lacking in traditional Radiohead moments, this is the best summation of the former strengths. The track erodes into a light jam before morphing into In Limbo. I'm lost at sea, your cries over clean, uneasy arpeggios. The ending flares with tractor beams as York is vacuumed into nothingness. The, the aforementioned idiotech clicks and thuds like Aphex Twin and Bjork's Mogenic, revealing brilliant new frontiers for the quote-unquote band. For all the noise to this point, it's uncertain entirely who or what has created the music. There are rarely traditional arrangements in the ambiguous origin. This is part of the unique thrill of experiencing Kid A. Pulsing organs and a stuttering snare delicately propel morning bell. York's breath can be heard frosting over the rainy, gray jam. Words accumulate and stick in his mouth like eye crust. Walking, 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 he mumbles, while Johnny Greenwood squirts whale chant feedback from his guitar. The closing motion picture soundtrack brings to mind the White Album, as it somehow combines the sentiment of Lennon's LP1 closer, the ode to his dead mother, Julia, with Ringo and Paul's maudlin yet sincere LP2 finale, Good Night. Pump organ and harp flutter as York condones with affection, I think you're crazy. To further emphasize your feeling at that moment and the album's overall theme, York bows out with, I will see you in the next life, if you're not already there with him. The experience and emotions tied to listening to Kid A are like witnessing the stillborn birth of a child, 
while simultaneously having the opportunity to see her play in the afterlife on IMAX. It's an album of sparking paradox. It's cacophonous yet tranquil, experimental yet familiar, foreign yet womb-like, spacious yet visceral, textured yet vaporous, awakening yet dreamlike, infinite yet 48 minutes. It will cleanse your brain of those little crustaceans of worries and inferior albums clinging inside the fold of your gray matter. The, har the harrowing sounds hit from unseen angles and emanate with inhuman genesis. When the headphones peel off, and it occurs that six men, Nigel Godrich included, created this, it's clear that Radiohead must be the greatest band alive, if not the best since you-know-who. Breathing People made this record, and you can't wait to dive back in and try to prove that wrong over and over. Personally, I think that's the worst review ever written by anybody for any album, but it's entertaining. It's entertaining to hear every, every word of that. Humans wrote that. Anyway, um, that's our bonus episode. We'll be back next week with Amnesiac, um, with our guest in tow. I don't want to announce who it is quite yet. Um, we're very excited for that. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, listen to Amnesiac before you listen to the episode. Uh, this is Mace. You've been listening to Picking Up Something Good, a limited event prestige podcast about Radiohead from Noise Space and Neo Detritus. And catch you later. All right.